Hello, you are listening to the Secular Buddhism Podcast, and this is episode number 42. I am your host, Noah Rochetta, and today I'm talking about the fact that we're all here, but none of us signed up for this. I'm talking about life. Several weeks ago, a friend of mine and I were having lunch and we were talking about life and as we discussed how things were going, an expression was brought up and it's had me thinking about it ever since. The expression is, I didn't sign up for this. Has that ever crossed your mind, perhaps in referring to how something is turning out, whether it be in your career or your marriage or in any other area of life, that sentiment of, I didn't sign up for this. There was a time in my life, in my marriage, specifically about seven years ago, where I had this same thought. I was going through uh, something difficult, and I had this thought that I didn't sign up for this. In fact, I'm, I'm certain that a significant portion of my suffering at the time was tied up Uh, with this recognition that I was experiencing something that didn't seem fair to me, something that I hadn't signed up for. Um, So I wanted to talk about this thought, this idea. uh, What did we sign up for? But before I jump into this topic, I do want to remind you of a couple of quick things. First, my commonly shared quote by the Dalai Lama, where he says, do not try to use what you learn from Buddhism to be a Buddhist, use it to be a better whatever you already are. Regardless of which path you're on or how far along that path you may be, mindfulness can help you to become a better whatever you already are. And second, the reminder that this podcast is made possible by the Foundation for Mindful Living, 501c3, nonprofit whose mission is to make the world a better place by teaching people to live more mindfully. So if you get any value out of this podcast, and if you're in a position to be able to, please consider becoming a monthly contributor. Even $2 a month can make a big difference. Uh, One-time donations are also appreciated, and you can make that donation by visiting secularbuddhism.com and clicking on the donate button at the top of the page. Now, one thing that uh, we recently were able to accomplish thanks to the support from podcast listeners, I was able to hire a company to transcribe every single podcast episode up until now. And this podcast, along with all future ones, will also be transcribed so that there is a text version of the podcast episode. Every time I publish a podcast, there will be a transcribed version that people can read. So if you have any uh, difficulties with hearing or uh, listening to a, a podcast, you can always read through the podcast episode as well. That's something new. That's something that costs money. And I've been able to do that. I've been wanting to do that for a while, but I've been able to do that thanks to the support of podcast listeners. So thank you very much for that. And a couple of quick news items. I do have some upcoming workshops, uh, one in LA, August 27th, one in Orlando on October 21st, and one in Phoenix on November 4th. Um, So if you have any interest in attending any of those workshops or getting more information about them, I will be posting that on the website. But for now, you're welcome to email me directly with questions at noah at secularbuddhism.com. And a quick reminder that the successful mindfulness humanitarian trip that I did earlier this year in February, 16 of us went to Uganda in Africa, and we did humanitarian work. And while we were there, we also spent time uh, like doing a mindfulness retreat. So those are the two key components of the trip, doing humanitarian work every day, doing mindfulness work on ourselves, learning Uh, mindfulness meditation and discussing various topics 
uh, is like an infusion of going on a mindfulness retreat while at the same time doing humanitarian work. And then for fun, we topped off the trip at the end with a safari two days um, and got to see all of the things that you would hope to see in Africa while on safari. If that sounds interesting to you, I'm doing that trip again um, next year, either February or March 2018. So to get more information about that, email me and I'll send you information. So that's all the news that I have. Um, So now let's jump back into this week's topic. So this idea, what did I sign up for? This is interesting to me because to think about this in the context of interdependence, you know, I didn't will myself into existence. None of us did. None of us signed up for any of this. We are the result of causes and conditions. So we're here. And this makes perfect sense to me in the big picture of it all, you know, life in general. None of us signed up for, the, signed up for this, but um, what is it that we expect when we're not expecting anything? To me, the answer is everything. You know, this is the thinking behind the idea of emptiness in Buddhism. It's essentially understanding that if I didn't sign up for anything, then everything is possible now. You know, that's it's like a blank slate. And because it's a blank slate, well, boom, we're born and here we are and the world doesn't owe us anything. We're just here as the result of causes and conditions. Now, I would hope that you're not listening to this and thinking, well, that just sounds sad. Because to me, this is an incredibly liberating idea. You know, what are we signing up for when we make a choice? I think we're signing up to embark on the path that we hope will lead toward the expectation that we have when we make that choice. Now, the difficulty with this is that we we do tend to live life under the tyranny of our own expectations, don't we? And let me be clear, I I don't think there's anything wrong with having expectations, but it is important to know that it's our expectations that may be the very source of a lot of our suffering. And I see this a lot, for instance, in marriage, in the context of marriage. People will talk to me, um, usually when they're going through difficulties in their marriage, because they know that um, my wife and I went through a difficult phase and we were able to recover and now we have a very happy and healthy marriage. So people will will talk to me about their marriages and say, you know, how how do you recover from this or how do you get through that? Um, but something I hear all the time is this sentiment of I didn't sign up for this. You know, when they're when they're venting about marital problems, and I know the feeling all too well. Like I said, when I got married, I had a lot of expectations things that I thought I was signing up for. And when those expectations weren't met, I was confronted with suffering. And in my case, loyalty was a big one in that, you know, in in that list of things that you're expecting. And as I look back now, I try to imagine the start of my marriage as I would the start of a giant roller coaster ride. You know, what did I sign up for? The ride. I've mentioned in previous episodes that I had a really rough patch in my marriage. About four years into it, there was a breach of trust, and it was a, it was devastating to experience that. And I clearly remember thinking, I didn't sign up for this. But when I took the time later to become more introspective about this whole thing, you know, I did have to ask myself, well, what did I sign up for? We were just two young kids getting ready to get on a roller coaster, and it's like we looked at each other and said, hey, do you want to ride this with me? I mean, that's really how I see it now. I, I signed up for the ride. That's all. 
And again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have expectations. I'm just saying that what if we weren't attached to the expectations? You know, what if we had the wisdom to adapt to the ride as we go along? You know, when you get on a roller coaster, uh, part of the excitement is the mystery. You know, we don't know uh, how many ups or how many downs, how many loops, how many, you know, you don't know exactly what to expect. It's the highs and the lows, the fasts and the slows. It's they're They're all part of the ride. And then you have the uncertainty of whether the person sitting next to you is going to make it through the ride, uh, whether they're going to last as long as you, are they going to throw up all over you? You know, are they going to have their arms up and waving and and yelling with joy when yours are down and you're scared or backwards uh, when your arms are up and you're enjoying the ride and they've got their arms crossed and they're, you know, really upset. Um, These are all dynamics that marriage, you know, you could think of as marriage on a roller coaster. Um, And I think of, I think of couples, right? Couples who, who lose a child or perhaps they lose each other. Um, or couples who have a child with a disability, you know, did, did they sign up for that? Do we sign up for the, for that in life? And I think if you, if you really think about it, did any of us sign up for any of this? You know, did any of us will ourselves into existence? We're, we're here again because of causes and conditions. We're the result of those causes and conditions. And here we are, and we didn't sign up for this. I think if we look at this mindfully, We'll see that because we didn't sign up for this, we're open to all of it. You know, this idea of come what may. For me, I didn't sign up for any of this means I'm open to all of it. And I like to think about that idea of the roller coaster. I have many friends um, who have encountered ordeals that are very difficult. Like I mentioned before, losing a child. You know, you, you didn't sign up for that, but... At the same time, because you didn't sign up for it, it is a possibility. You know, you start this this ride and and here we are and we don't know what to expect. And I think that's that's life, right? Life is the roller coaster. But we're on it, but we didn't get to choose to get on it. It's like we opened our eyes and we woke up and we're on a roller coaster. And I think part of the problem is that we go through life trying to get something out of it. Uh, usually happiness or uh, the cessation of suffering, and that becomes the very source of our problem. You know, we're trying to get something out of life, and life isn't something to get something out of. Life is always changing. There is no permanent state, and therefore we can't get what we want. And I think as soon as we realize that life itself is the roller coaster, the ups and the downs, uh, they're both part of the ride, the sooner we can make peace with the fact that, hey, we're on a roller coaster. And I don't know what's going to happen next. I think this is where this idea of learning to be comfortable with uncertainty really plays plays a part. This idea of I didn't sign up for this. Uh, you know, when, when we have that attitude, we can look at it and ask, well, what is the expectation that I have tied to this specific event I'm going through? And again, it's not about not having expectations. I don't think there's anything wrong with having goals or having expectations But I think there's wisdom in being able to adapt quickly, to have an expectation, to realize it's not being meant, and then to be able to to adapt, to be able to go with the flow, so to speak. You know, there's the there's a famous parable, the parable of the two arrows or the or the parable of the two darts. uh, That's I think I've referred to this 
in previous podcast episodes, but I want to discuss this just a little bit more today in a different context, because I think it has to do with, in some way, with dealing with expectations. The premise of the of, of the parable is that when you're struck by an arrow or a dart, that first dart, you can't help it, right? You're walking and boom, you get shot by an arrow. And that's just, that's it. That's what happened. There's nothing you can do about it. Now, we have all of the control to decide if we're going to pick up a second arrow and and start prodding the spot where we were struck with the first arrow, right? Or if we're going to start uh, poking ourselves with that second arrow. And it's the second arrow that we're very concerned with in Buddhist practice, in contemplative practice, I should say, because we want to look at things and understand, is part of the suffering that I'm experiencing part of the first arrow, or is it part of the second arrow? Because the first arrow is natural. It's a, it's it's completely normal. But the second one is self-inflicted. So, for example, and again, because I went through this myself, uh, discussing recently with, with a friend a specific uh, scenario that he was going through in a relationship, he was really upset and feeling bad about the, I guess, the loss of um, the dynamic or the relationship that he was in before. Now, this is, you know, he lost someone he cared for, and he was very upset about that. But in looking at this a little bit, what he, what we were able to conclude and what he was able to realize is a significant portion of the suffering that he was experiencing was the suffering that comes from feeling bad about feeling bad. You know, this idea that I'm going through this loss, this is a difficult thing, and it and it sucks, it feels bad. And somewhere in the back of the mind is this idea that you're not supposed to feel this way. So now I feel bad about feeling bad. And he's trying to get out of that funk and, you know, asking, well, why why do I feel this way? How can I get out of get out of this rut that I'm in and feel differently. And what I reminded him of was this parable of the two arrows. You know, wh- what part of the suffering is the first arrow, loss, and what part of it is the second arrow, the self-inflicted part, which is feeling bad about feeling bad. And there was a, rec- a moment of recognition there where he concluded, yeah, I think a, a significant portion of this comes from the suffering that I'm experiencing that's the second arrow. And that's how I felt when I recall the experience that I went through, the pain and suffering that I was feeling during during my marital crisis, you know, was one thing. But there was a significant portion of hurt and sorrow and pain associated with feeling the hurt and the sorrow and the pain because I, you know, I was feeling like I'm not supposed to feel this. I didn't sign up for this. Like somehow in, in an ideal world, people like me who are going about doing the right thing, are not supposed to experience these emotions of, of, of being hurt or betrayed or, you know, and it was it was really interesting to arrive at the conclusion through contemplative practice that a significant portion of my pain had to do with not being able to just be with my pain, you know. Uh, I was mad about being mad. I was sad about being sad. Um, and that's essentially the second arrow. That's that's where the parable of the two arrows or the two darts kind of fits in here. Um, so that's something that you can look at in your own life when you're experiencing suffering. 
you know, from, from the Buddhist approach, we try to say, whatever it is you're experiencing, that's it. That's reality. That's how you're feeling. So don't push it away. Don't think that it's wrong. Be with it. You know, befriend it. If it's fear, be with the fear. If it's sadness, sit with the sadness. If it's uh, anger, sit with your anger. Allow it to be what it is. Try to befriend it. Don't don't resist it or push it aside um, because it's very easy to start being angry about being angry or to be sad about being sad. And then we're dealing with situations where we're not entirely sure how to fix it because we've added multiple layers of complexity to the reality um, that, that we, the, the reality, which is just the first arrow. Um, so I want to deviate from that thought for a moment and, and talk about something else, this, a lesson that we can learn from Japanese psychology. And this is talked about by the Toto Institute, um, who has a, a website and a really neat practice called Nikon Practice. But um, here I want to talk about shifting our perspective from the sense of I have to, to this, uh, to the sense of I get to. So I have to versus I get to. And the lesson is very simple. You know, we want to be aware every time we have the thought, I have to do such and such, or I should be, or I have to, whatever, you know, transform that statement, replacing I have to, or I should with I get to. And see how that simple yet profound shift can um, can have a a powerful change in how you experience life, how you experience whatever it is you're going through. And for me, again, going back to this analogy of life is the roller coaster, you know, if I, if I decided, hey, there's a roller coaster, I want to get on it, and then I do get on it, and now I'm going through it and I'm not enjoying the experience, it's easy to think, well, I have to because I chose this and now I have to endure the suffering I'm experiencing on this roller coaster because it was my choice to get on the roller coaster. It would make sense to say I have to there. But going back to the scenario where I, if I understand that I didn't choose to get on this roller coaster, I woke up on the roller coaster. This is waking up to life, right? I, I, I woke up. I didn't will myself into existence. I woke up to this experience of being alive. So I don't have to any part of it. I get to because... You know, I didn't, there was no choice involved with that first decision of, of choosing life. Um, now, this is a topic that in, in some faith traditions, you know, um, I, I think I've alluded to this before, but my wife and I share different faith traditions or, or different, um, yeah, I guess, uh, paths. Uh, so for her, this idea was like, um, you know, kind of goes against her understanding of life um, from from her background, uh, life is a choice, right? Uh, there was, you know, where you are before you were born, there's a, there's a realm, a spirit world, and we chose to come to this earth to prove ourselves worthy of returning after this life to be in the presence of, of God. Um, but even in that context, I you know, we were talking about this and I brought it up. I said, well, did you choose, you know, before you became a spirit, did you choose that? Or was your spirit created by God? And it's, you're back at the same dilemma. It's like, well, what were you before you were what you think that you were? You know, at some point you have to recognize 
again, the same analogy of, of the roller coaster. You didn't will yourself into existence, whether you were intelligence that was created into, you know, a spirit in the form of God or born in life, born in the image of a God. Um, it, it's still the same dilemma, right? Where you didn't choose this uh, in the same way that my children didn't choose to exist. Um, they were the result of causes and conditions. And now here they are and they exist and they have their personalities and they have all these choices that they can make. But they woke up in this roller coaster of life the same way that I did, the same way that any of us did. Whether that be, you know, this life is the start of the roller coaster or you happen to believe in a in a prior life, that's the start of the roller coaster. But you can't ever get to... Uh, before the roller coaster. At some point, we all woke up in, you know, on this roller coaster of life. That's what I'm trying to get at with, with this little explanation. So it doesn't matter how far back you can go, you're stuck with the same dilemma, which is that we woke up on a roller coaster. And here we are in existence. And we don't have to look at it with this attitude of what we have to or should. We get to look at it with this attitude of, well, here I am, so I get to. I get to experience this. Now, this was really powerful for me applying to applying this to negative experiences that I've had in life. You know, I get to go through this ordeal. I get to experience what it feels like to be hurt. I get to know what it feels like to feel pain, you know, to, to get emotional, to cry. I get to experience joy beyond what I can possibly describe. You know, I, I get to in all of these scenarios is a really powerful shift in perspective when compared to I have to. So I hope you can look at different instances in your life and try to reframe them, reframe them with that perspective and, and think, what would this look like if my attitude was I get to versus I have to? Um, and, and see how that feels. See how a specific scenario of your past or your present looks like when you shift that from have to to get to. And again, this is a, an idea that's talked about on the, by the Toto Institute um, specific to Nikon practice, N-A-I-K-A-N practice. Nikon practice is the practice of self-reflection. So as we go through life, we have, um, we have a relationship with everything that we interact with, right? Whether that be a person, um, spouse, children, parents, friends, co-workers. We have a relationship with people, but we also have a relationship with things. I have a relationship with um, the shoes that I wear, the clothing that I choose, the house that I live in, you know, with the car that I drive. So the different objects that I have, I have a relationship with these things. Um, and Nikon practice is the practice of becoming intimately familiar with the relationship that we have with people and with things. And the way Nikon practice works is that you pick a specific relationship. It could be, again, it could be a person like a, a sibling or a spouse. Um, and then you ask three questions based on that, uh, the relationship. You know, what have I received from? What have I given to? And what troubles and difficulties have I caused? And the point of this exercise is to be, to be able to be reflective about the relationship. You know, when I, when I think, what have I received from my spouse? What have I given to my spouse? And what troubles and difficulties have I caused my spouse? 
I start to gain insight into this relationship I have with my spouse. Now, this can apply to anyone. You can do this exercise on anyone or on anything. You know, you can do this with your shoes, for example. What have I received from my shoes? What have I given to my shoes? What troubles and difficulties have I caused my shoes? I start to gain some insight into the relationship that I have with my shoes. Um, now, one of the end results of, of Nikon practice is that you start to experience a tremendous sense of gratitude because you realize that um, you depend on relationships. You know, none of us exist alone in this vac in a vacuum. We don't go through life. We can't go through life without depending on other people and other things. We we can't. Even if you live completely alone out in the forest, you depend on your you know your interdependencies would be with the sun and with the plants, with the animals if you hunt. Um, with the climate, um, whatever it is, you have interdependencies. You can't exist alone. None of us can. So reflecting on the relationships that we have with these things can be a really neat exercise. It's called Nikon practice um, or Nikon reflection. You can learn more about it um, on the website todoinstitute.org, T-O-D-O institute.org. Um, I'll post a link Um but it's a neat exercise. But I think it's relevant in the context of this idea. I didn't sign up for this. Again, you know, what I'm trying to get at the heart of this entire uh, podcast episode is um, how, we f what, how we feel is one thing and how we feel about how we feel is another thing. So feeling bad about feeling bad, sad about sad, happy about happy, you know, that's the second layer, like in the parable of the two darts or the two arrows. The first dart is what is, and the second is the story we construct around that reality. So this idea of I didn't sign up for this, if you if you really sit with that and look at it, what you'll find is there's a story there. There's a story that we've constructed around reality, and because reality is not fitting with the story, now we're experiencing a whole new layer of discontent or of suffering that may not be necessary. It's only It only arises because of the perspective we have, which is that I thought I signed up for this or that, and what I'm really experiencing is this other thing or that other thing. And, and we create problems there, but problems in the sense of the two darts. It's not, you know, there's, there's a very big difference between the first dart of reality and the second dart of the story of reality. So I hope you can look at that in your own life, it's been very beneficial for me in my own life to look at certain instances and ask myself, was there an expectation here that wasn't met? Was the expectation the problem or was the actual circumstance or the event the problem? And typically what you'll find is there, there is a portion of suffering that's related to the expectation not being met, met rather than just whatever it is that happened. And then you, that gives you you know, a new, fresh perspective of something to work with, with whatever it is you're going through. So that's what I wanted to share in this podcast episode. We didn't sign up for this. And because we didn't sign up for this, we're open to all of this. So I hope if you enjoyed this podcast episode that you'll be willing to share it with others, write a review, give it a rating in iTunes. And again, if you're new to Buddhism or you're interested in learning more, you can learn 
You can listen to the first five episodes of the podcast in order. They are somewhat of a summary of the key concepts talked about in Buddhism. You can also check out my book, Secular Buddhism, Eastern Thought for Western Minds, available on Amazon, Kindle, iTunes, and Audible. And for more information um, and links, visit secularbuddhism.com. That's all I have for now for this week, but I do look forward to recording another podcast episode soon. So thank you, and until next time. Thank you.